Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am Pastor Brad Mathias, co-host. And I'm Melanie Medina, the other co-host. We are in Nashville, uh, enjoying season eight, walking through a whole series of fantastic interviews. I, I was just mentioning to Melanie, um, this is the best season I think we've ever had. It's really good. We have some great stories and, and great uh uh, guests every season, but this one is fantastic. Really is. Uh, I I found myself sort of walking through uh, some personal challenge from our guests. Like uh, when you're talking with guests and they're sort of reading your mail and you're supposed to be the host, it's really difficult and challenging to keep your thoughts together when the, when you're writing notes to yourself. Like <laughs> I need to maybe follow up with this person privately and ask some more questions. I'm right um, there with you. It's great. You know, these, the whole idea of the podcast, Brilliantly Brave, isn't that we're brilliant or brave. The point is that we, none of us feel brilliant or brave. None of us feel confident in our parenting abilities. And with the crazy culture, uh, our world is constantly assaulting, right? The values that we as families of faith are trying to hold on to and then pass those on to our kids. Exactly. So we have these fantastic guests uh, who come on and help us encourage our listeners in those exact things. It's true. Now, something uh, slightly less important, but very interesting. Uh, last episode, I asked you a question and I was curious about your bucket list and you sort of drew a blank. So where are we at? What did you come up with? I'm so glad it's a bucket list question and you're not talking about my shoes. Well, we can get to that. <laughs> Uh, you did. You really, uh, like some of our guests have done this season, prompted me to thought because um, I I'm, I am a list maker. Uh, I don't have a bucket list per se, but you really made me think about some things and um, what might be on my bucket list. So I have a short list. I want to hear it. Okay. So I would, I really think that a Holy Land experience would be at the top of my bucket list. The Orlando Holy Land experience or the real Holy Land experience? Well, I, I could start in Orlando, but the real Holy Land experience, because I got to experience it through um, slides. When I was very young, my um, Sonnenberg grandparents went on a tour of the Holy Land and brought back these little um, slides that they stuck in a Kodak carousel and we watched them on the wall of their home. And um, I can remember being really sad when that was over and they turned the living room lights on. Uh, I went over and pulled those little slides out one at a time to look at them a little closer. But I, I hear about friends who have gone and other pastors and groups and they have, you know, they have tours that go all the time. So I think that's at the top of my bucket list. But that's shortly, that's just very quickly followed up. By being on the prices right. Oh, oh wow. So bookending your bucket <laughs> list, going to walk where Jesus walked and then where Bob Barker walked. Yeah. Okay. Well. And that is helpful because now our audience understands you way better than they did five <laughs> minutes ago. And I know that I don't have to talk about your blingy shoes anymore because they get it. They totally understand what's <laughs> sitting across the table for me every single episode. Well, 
I think it's kind of cool that your grandparents introduced the idea to you. And I even think it's cooler that they use media. Now, slide carousels at the time would have been cool media. Today, like not so much. But the point is that there was a transfer of emotion and there was a transfer of truth through media. And today's guests, these guys have been creating beautiful art for quite a while. And it is their lyrics, their music and their style. Uh, they have some pretty cool looking stuff. Uh, and I'm, of course, I'm talking about the band, The Afters. And today we get to have the lead singer and one of the founding members, Josh Havens on Brilliantly Brave. Thanks, Josh, for being here. Thanks for having me on. You know, uh, we had a little fun preparing for this interview and uh, Melanie was actually playing your new album in the office and we were kind of going through listening to each of the different songs and paying attention to the lyrics. There's definitely some themes that emerge when when you uh, as just as a Christian listener, pay attention to what you guys have done in your latest record. Tell us a little bit about how that came to be. Sure. You know, we, uh, we've been a band now for man, 20 years, more than that. Uh, my guitar player and I, we've been playing since just out of high school. And, and so since then, I mean, we've traveled a lot all over the world and going into this last record, we started thinking about some of the, the common themes that we hear from people. And one thing that we, we noticed is no matter where we are in the world, whether it's the U.S. or a foreign country, doesn't matter what age the people are. Like one of the most common things that we hear from people is how they deal with feelings of anxiety, feelings of being mm -hmm. overwhelmed by life, feelings of fear, worry, uh, depression. And so uh, we thought, what if we made a record that had a lot of focus on uh, em empowering people to see God's strength in their life, you know, in those types of situations, you know, the songs that remind us that, that we're not alone, uh, when we're going through the hard things and songs that remind us that we don't have to live in fear, um, that, that we have power over those parts of our lives and that the, 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 the power of God is in us. And so we can overcome anything that we face in this life. And so the song started coming together and, and we realized, man, okay, we have a collection of, of songs that maybe could be like weapons in people's lives when they feel those feelings of fear and anxiety. I, I've dealt with anxiety since I was a kid. So it's something that I, I related to. Um, and then during the midst of making the record, our, our drummer Jordan went through a really, really hard season of anxiety. And, uh, and so we were seeing it from kind of a first person view as we were making the record, it was kind of our journey. And so these songs that we were writing for other people became our songs and our anthems too, um, to kind of get through that, that season. You know, as a pastor, I, I can't help but identify with the process of God showing you a truth uh, in your personal life. And then the Holy spirit convicting you to share it, uh, with your, your church or your community of faith almost immediately. Like there's a, there's something that happens there where God reveals something for you personally. And then he asks you to be vulnerable and transparent and reveal it to those that you have influence mm -hmm. with. I can't help but think that's what happened, uh, as a band, um, that I, I, first of all, am I crazy or is that what happened? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 
I tend to have a hard time talking about some of the more emotional sides, you know, cause it, it can be painful to go into some of those vulnerable things. And I started noticing when I, when I started talking about some of the loss in my life and, and then the struggles that I had surrounding those seasons, like when I, when I lost my dad to cancer, uh, about 15 years ago, it was a really, it was a hard and dark season. Cause I was really close to my dad and I just, uh, my, my first son had just been born and, uh, you know, he was losing his grandfather and I was losing my dad and, and it was a long, really hard battle with cancer. And so after that, I went through this, this really difficult season of anxiety and it was, uh, it was kind of debilitating at times. And it was something that for part of my, part of the time after that, I kind of felt shame about it. You know, that man, why, why was I so weak in that time? And why was I, I don't know, it just felt like I. I wasn't as strong as I should have been or something. And, and then, uh, I started talking about it and I started noticing that people related to it and it kind of felt good to talk about it. And, uh, and I heard so many people say, man, me too. I, I was in that same place. I I'm in that place right now. Or, and with, with our, our drummer, uh, Jordan, it was, uh, it was exactly that way. He, I found out he was going through the exact same thing at, at that very moment. And so, um, yeah, I think when we talk about the things we're going through, we're going to realize even the things that we feel like we're all alone in, um, there's so many others who are going through the same thing and we can be encouragement for each other, you know, as we're, as we're going through that. Um, you know, Jordan, he called me one time in the middle of the night, it was like 2 AM and, uh, you know, I was able to talk him through it cause I'd been in his shoes and I knew exactly what he was feeling. And the thing about anxiety and fear is those feelings, although they're very real, that doesn't mean they're true. And so, you know, I was able to talk through Jordan as somebody who had been through that same thing and say, you know what, I know what you're feeling right now. And here's some tools that I learned, um, in my journey, you know, to, to kind of battle some of those feelings of, of overwhelming anxiety and, and fear and worry. And cause it can rob joy. And, and I know from that season of my life where I, where I struggled with it, it was, uh, it was something that robbed joy. You know, I just had my first kid and I felt like there was this whole season where I wasn't experiencing being present and experiencing joy like I could have. And, and so, yeah, I, I think there's a lot to being vulnerable to opening up and, and, uh, and sharing those, those more intimate and, uh, sides of your life, you know, the, the struggles and, Cause then we can be encouragement to each other. I agree that, um, the encouragement part of that is, um, huge in my life. My Nana once, um, told me and it really stuck with me and I kind of claimed it as my Nanaism number 39, but I love that. She's pretty fantastic. Um, she said, uh, and it was the first time that I had heard it, that, um, my mess is my message. I've heard it a lot since, since that time I was in my teens when I first heard that. Um, and I, I would wonder why am I, you know, going through this? And when you just mentioned how you had already been there, so you could help with what he was going through, you know, um, the, the intensity of the, the lyrics that are in some of these songs. Wow. I mean, those are things that are going to stick with other people as they listen to them too these, um, lightning, mm-hmm. I will fear no more and well done. It's they, they, they're an invitation 
for the listener to come in and experience the joy and the passion and the worship and praise for what mm-hmm. God has done because Jesus has already been there. Oh yeah. I mean, it says in scripture, what, 365 times, you know, to, to not live in fear, do not be afraid. And, uh, you know, there's a reason that God tells us that over and over again, he actually says it more than anything else in scripture. And it's, be, I think it's because it, it, it's, it's such a debilitating thing and it can distract us from being present, from, from living for the things that are really important. And, uh, I also know that, you know, when the, the power of God, it, it is in all of us and we can overcome those things through, through, um, through that power. Um, you know, for me, oh, the, the battle of anxiety, th- some things that helped me personally were things like finding those scriptures to kind of reinforce in my head. And I would get up in the morning and I would kind of fill my mind with that um, so that my mind wasn't filled with other things that weren't true but fill it with the truths of God, um, you know, and finding people to open up to and talk to about those things, you know, that, that can, um, be encouragement, um, that can speak truth into our lives. You know, that's super, super important. That community is so important that time. Like our drummer, you know, he was able to reach out to me and call me when those, when those feelings were creeping in, when those thoughts were creeping into his head, he would, he would call me. And, and I made sure he knew like he had an open door, like, please call me when you feel those things. Don't go through it alone. Uh, yeah. I, I'm listening to you. And so for a Christian rock star, you're pretty transparent. And you started this conversation by saying it's really hard for me to sort of ask access, careful, Brad, access those uh, emotions <laughs> yeah. that you've been through. Right. Yes. So I that I have a tendency of um, and something I've become way more aware of. I've, I've had a tendency of reframing things for the positive or for the good or like, oh, this is all part of God's plan. This is it's all good. You know, um, yeah. She, she told me the other day how like we've, we've had things like we, our family was in a big car wreck and she said immediately right afterwards, I was like, oh, well, there's gotta be a reason for all this, you know? And, and it's, it's fun to have those feelings, you know, cause I truly do believe that. Like I'm a glass half full kind of person, but I've also learned that it's important, how important it is to, to enter into that space of, um, of sadness and of processing through the harder feelings, the harder emotions going there. And, uh, and it's, it's been, it's been healthy to do You know, I, f- I feel like, uh, being in a band too, like there's an expectation or I, maybe it's not expectation that other people put on, but maybe it's something I feel. I think people in ministry sometimes feel this, that, okay, you have to be somebody who has it all together. You know, if people know that I struggle with that, are they going to think, oh, well, they're, they're weak or they're, you know, I don't know it's a flaw or, but, uh, I think the opposite is the case. I think when you are open and vulnerable, um, you're going to find that people relate to you more and you're going to find you're not alone in it. Wow. Yeah. I could not agree more with you. That is a significant truth that is often missed. One of the things that, uh, as I've looked at the sort of, uh, scope of your work as a, as a writer, as a singer, you're in worship ministry, a worship leader in your church, you've raised or are raising four children um, there's processes that are constantly occurring that are shaping our faith. One of the questions mm-hmm. I love to ask guys like you, how has your faith changed over the years? Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. Uh, my parents had actually just 
gotten saved. Literally the day I was born, there was a, a local pastor who came out on the day that I was born and shared the gospel with my parents. And that started their journey, their faith journey. And uh, that was when they gave their lives to Jesus. And so I grew up in a Christian home. And so I grew up, you know, we were, I was homeschooled until eighth grade, um, you know, part of Bible studies and youth group and um, kind of really grew up in church culture. And then uh, it was really when I when I went to college um, that I started taking some classes and I had some professors who started asking some really challenging questions that that was what really got me into apologetics and wanting to understand, OK, why do I believe what I believe? And I don't know, I feel like the older I get, the more I start to focus more on the things that seem really important and how we we all have differences of some details. Right. But I think there's a you know, if we, if we keep the main stuff, the main stuff, I don't know. I feel like I've become more focused on that and just wanting to be like Jesus, you know, it can be, it can be easy to get caught up in all these little details that we argue about, but ultimately, you know, I just want to be more like Jesus and I want to love people like Jesus. And so that's, you know, instead of arguing and, and getting caught up in that kind of stuff, I just want to be like Jesus and, and, and focus my life on that. How can I be more like Jesus and love like Jesus too? So if I, if I heard you correctly, let me, I'm, I learned this in marriage counseling. So uh, if I repeat back to you and you, if I heard you correctly, <laughs> then I know we got yeah. it. Um, as you've grown and matured in your faith, you're majoring on the essentials of your faith and you're not so distracted by these little minor details. Yeah. I feel like when, yeah, I feel like when I was younger, you know, I, I could get caught up in little theological things and, you know, there's things that split churches, you know, and, you know, whether it's like, are you pre-trib, post-trib? Are you, you know, are you, uh, I don't know. There's all these little, little things that can be divisive and I've become less interested in those things and more focused just on, you know what, we're called to share Jesus with people. And to love people like Jesus did. And life's too short to get caught up in those little things. Um, but we're called to a great commission. And so I want to live life for that, for that great commission of telling people about Jesus. That's awesome. The, um, you know, we are, we are focusing this season a lot on um, intergenerational relationships. And um, we have, we've been asking some, our guests, some really great questions. And um I want to ask you one. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> These are hard, man. Just heads up. All right. they, they, they are kind of hard. They are kind of hard. Um, tell us a little bit about where um, you see intergenerational, intergenerational relationships playing into your life uh, right now yeah. in your family. Well, my mom is very involved in my kid's life. Uh, she actually, uh, after my dad passed away 15 years ago, she moved to Colorado. She moved away from Texas, out to Colorado for a season of life. She and my dad had always wanted to live in the mountains and they never made it. Cause my dad, um, he started working to provide for the family and, you know, one thing led to another and, and, uh, and that, that dream never happened. And so after, after he passed away, she said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go. And, uh, and, and live in the mountains. And so she did, she moved up to, up to Boulder, Colorado. It was very brave of her. 
to, to go uh, start kind of a new thing. And so she had a season of a few years where she lived in Colorado and, and then we ended up moving out to Arizona and, uh, and we thought, man, we could really, we would really love to have my mom around more. And so, uh, she would come visit and she was like, I'm not going to live in the desert, but, uh, but we brought her to a place called Flagstaff, which is just North of Phoenix where we live. And it's, it's like Colorado in Arizona. It's uh, got pine trees and they get snow in the winter and it doesn't get too hot in the summer. And, and so she came down and, and actually loved it. And so she moved, uh, she's about two hours from us now. And so we see her quite a bit. And, and so she's been, she's been a big part of my kid's life. Uh, my wife and I, we just took our 20 year anniversary trip and uh, we were gone for about 12 days and my mom came down and watched them for all 12 days. So she's, she's gotten really close to the kids and, uh, you know, she, she's been on a journey, a faith journey that's been pretty interesting. She, uh, she has been going to a Messianic Jewish church and, and been part of that community. Um, and I think it was influenced because my older sister, uh, she's an archeologist and actually lived in Israel for a long time, ended up marrying an Israeli. Um, she became, she, she actually had left the faith a long time ago and, uh, she had a radical experience with Jesus a few years ago and, uh, actually came back to G like came to Jesus and uh, gave her faith to Jesus and has been a Messianic Jew. And her husband actually, uh, you know, raised Jewish, became a Messianic Jew too. And so, um, through that, my, my mom got interested in the Messianic community. And, and so that's been, brought some really interesting conversations with our kids. And there was a, a weekend where she was watching the kids and brought them to her Messianic church. And so my kids got to experience, you know, what, the use of like a shofar in a service and, <laughs> you know, lots of people using tambourines and, and just a totally different um, take on worship. But it was it was cool for them to see that. And so they've had a lot of questions about it. And, um, she's definitely been a, a, a big influence. You know, I hope that I think my kids really see that she loves Jesus and uh, and that has, that has definitely left an impact on them. Wow. You know, I, that I, I think that's fantastic because the, the whole idea of, of our, of our parents, you know, stepping in as influence to their grandchildren is, mm. I don't know. It's, there's something that feels very, um, proper about that. Something about God wanted it that way. And sure. He intended for us to be in community with our own families. Uh, and I, I think, you know, part of what you've described, you know, whether you're a Messianic Jew or not, like you can't help but deny the enthusiasm and the love that your mom has oh, for Christ, you know. And so you're not going to lose, right? It doesn't matter uh, how this rolls out. You have another example, another influence in the parenting role that's backing up what you believe. And your kids are looking at that and they're going, okay. Um, that's for real. You know, my grandma really believes that and I have to respect that. So, so I think that's really cool. Absolutely. You know, my, my grandma and grandpa, they played a, played a big role in my life with that as well. Um, they were a big, I remember my, my grandma taking me to the Billy Graham museum. Uh, she lived, they lived outside of Chicago. And so we went to the Billy Graham museum when I was a kid. And I remember it leaving such a big impression on me. 
And fast forward, now we're heavily involved with ministry with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. In fact, we just got back from doing a big uh, outreach in Cambodia with them. And 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 I remember, uh, you know, when I was a kid thinking, wow, doing that kind of ministry would just be incredible. So it sparked something in me, you know, became a dream uh, and a calling. And uh, to this day, you know, like now, now we're doing it. And, um, you know, I looked, I was thinking about that as we were in Cambodia just this last week and thinking about how, you know, some of that calling sparked by my grandma taking, taking that kind of leadership in my life and, uh, and doing something like taking me to the Billy Graham museum, you know, and, and speaking faith into my life. And so, yeah, definitely yeah. grateful for that. That, that, you know, the stories that we hear from this perspective, now that I'm a grandfather, I have two grandkids, a two-year-old and a, a six-month-old. Um, you know, it's a totally different perspective. And you begin to see this idea of heritage. You begin to grasp this idea that there's a, a tradition that's passed on. Um, and it, it really has a different meaning. And for parents that are out there, I think it's very important for them to understand some of the personal beliefs, uh, behaviors behind these bands, uh, Christian bands that are, I mean, you guys are amazing and your story is amazing. Josh, you personally, not just the, the band that you helped to found and the five albums you guys have done and all the awards you've accomplished. But I'll tell you what affected me was the fact that you wrote a song called well done mm. and you wrote it as a way of grieving and also celebrating your own father. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's beautiful, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I'd, um, I'd wanted to write a song called well done for years, you know, seeing that, that passage of scripture where it talks about how, you know, go before our master and hear, hear those words of affirmation, you know, well done, my good and faithful son. And, you know, I, I really thought about my dad cause my dad, man, he was, he was awesome. I had a great dad and, um, and I, it was hard losing him when I was young, you know, and I, I wanted him to be in my, in my kids' lives. And, and so not having him there was, was definitely hard. But, um, when I started the song, you know, I, I learned a lot of the chorus and I just got stuck. And sometimes that happens on a song and you have to mm-hmm. wait for that right thing and you have to wait, wait, wait till you're in the right place in life to finish it. Um, that's how it was that song. And so I, I kind of, uh, put it on the shelf for a while. Then on the on the day that Graham passed away, actually, um, I reached out to my friend Will Graham, who's Billy's grandson. I just told him that we were thinking about he and his family and just praying for him. And and he messaged me back and he said, you know, all day, you know, I, I can't stop thinking about those words from my grandfather that someday you're going to hear that Billy Graham has died, but don't believe him. I'm actually more alive than ever. And uh and that just unlocked something in my head brain. I started thinking about, you know, heaven and this place that Jesus gone to, has gone to prepare for us and started thinking about my dad being there and, you know, and thinking about, you know, when we, when we share Jesus and the way that somebody like, like Billy Graham did, for example, like if we get to heaven and it's, it's packed with people and it's crowded and there's traffic, we can blame Billy Graham, right? Cause he told so many people, <laughs> yeah. to do but I thought, man, that's the kind of person I want to be, you know, that's, that's the kind of person my dad was, you know, that's the kind of person I want when I, when I'm at the end of my life, I want to look back and say, okay, I, I wasn't quiet about the gospel, you know, but I, I did share it. And, and so, um, 
yeah, just kind of un- unlocked a lot of, of things and um, ended up finishing that song on that day. You know, uh, there's some pretty symbolic things going on in your timeline. Uh, just just talking with you for a few minutes. I mean, your parents got saved on the day you were born. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you have this experience with Will Graham, who I've met as well. And, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of family legacy that that he's representing mm-hmm. um, and sort of being a catalyst for you to celebrate your father, to really commemorate him uh, honorably in, in song and to encourage and, and support other people. Um, there's there's a lot going on behind the scenes that you're not sharing with us and nor will I ask those things. But I can tell that over these last two decades that the walk of faith that you've exhibited has been real and tangible to you. It's not an ideal, it's practical, it's realistic. Um, and it's really felt and it's seen in the lyrics and in the music you guys are creating. Mm, well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I think <laughs> we're all trying to figure this, this life thing out, right. You know, sure. and, and we, we all mess up and we all, none of us are going to get it perfect. And what I keep coming back to is if, if we can focus on just loving like Jesus did and, and being more like Jesus, you know, it's going to take us a long way. And so that's, that's my hope. That's my hope for my kids, you know, is that I, that they'll see that in their dad too, you know, and see dad really does love Jesus and, and that it really does that that will stick with them, you know, and that they'll pursue that in their life too. You know, one thing I've learned about parenting, I feel like too, speaking about my mom and, and, uh, her influence on my kids, I've come to realize as a parent, man, we're all just figuring this parenting thing out. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's like trial by fire. <laughs> and there's days that I think, man, I'm a terrible father. What am I doing? And there's, you know, there's days I feel good about it too. I'm like, Oh, this is a great day. And, um, but it's hard to be a parent. And, uh, it's the best thing and it's the hardest thing at the same time. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I would encourage everybody to have grace on yourself. You know, it, I think being a parent has made me have a lot more grace on my parents and looking back at even, even their mistakes, even, even the things, the things that they did well, I'm very grateful for, but the things they didn't do so well, I'm a lot more understanding of and have a lot more grace of, cause I'm like, you know, we're, we're all trying to figure this parenting thing out and, and, uh, trying to be the best parents we can be, but have grace with yourself. What a great word. Um, you know, one of the the whole reasons that we created this podcast is the, what you just articulated, which is none of us seem to have this dialed in. And, uh, you know, I've, I've run with some pretty sharp people that I consider to be fantastic leaders in the church. I mean, mm. amazing men and women who, you know, just inspired stuff and, you know, they would share confidence in confidence with me. Some of the struggles are going through. And I'm like, well, that's the stuff I'm going through. And, you know, uh, you start to realize that there really, there's just no safe place to be a parent. Like there's nothing that's oh. safe about this. No, it's, it's, it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what we wanted to do with the podcast was to create a safe haven, a community of faith where people could come together and say, you know, what? I, at least I can get the truth and I can get encouragement from people who've been before me. So thanks for. Good. Yeah. And also I've got teenagers now. So that, that, that's a whole new world. I'll pray for you, man. That's, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, uh, also, I noticed that uh, you all are you're on tour. I saw the things on um, your Instagram, the posts on your Instagram. I especially liked um, your new tour bus. 
<clears throat> post. Oh yeah. That it was took- <laughs> pretty good. That was pretty good. But you're actually um, going to be stateside uh, next month in January, right? Can you tell us a little yeah, about we'll your be- tour and how we can find you? We're going to rock the universe in Florida, Orlando, Florida. Uh, that's a fun festival at uh, Universal Studios. Um, yeah, that was, man, that was awesome being in Cambodia. Um, it was the biggest Christian outreach that ever had in their nation. And they've been through some really hard stuff with the genocide that happened there. And that was awesome. But we, we found a tuk-tuk and piled our gear in this little tuk-tuk. And <laughs> yes, if you go to our Instagram, you can see what it looks like to, to tour by tuk-tuk. <laughs> that, that looks like some of the tours I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you wagon. travel quite a bit? Were you, were you uh, into heavy travel for a while? You know what? Uh, a crazy guy named Robert Beeson and I did this thing called I shine for about a decade. And we had these teenagers like Christian Disney. And, you know, we had these little vans that we patched together and took kids all over the United States. Oh, so wow. It was like a tuk tuk just had four <laughs> wheels. <laughs> so did you, did you have kids during that season too? I did. And I, I didn't know any more about it then than I do now. Oh. <laughs> so I, I would give you some advice, man, but I don't travels. That's a, yeah. That's a French challenge too. I've, you know, definitely got a heart for my, my dad traveled a lot when I was a kid and, you know, I travel a lot and, um, yeah, that's a different, a whole different set of challenges too. Um, even when I was in Cambodia, we were, it's, it's 14 hours different. So well, like when it was whatever time it was back home, I was the next day and usually I was going to sleep when they were waking up and, then I'd be waking up when they were going to sleep. And, <laughs> um, that's hard, but parenting from afar is hard. There's, there was times, you know, things were going on at home and you know, I'd, I'd have to call in and, and talk to talk my kids through it and talk with, you know, with my wife, parenting strategies and from the other side of the world. So, <laughs> yeah, that that's amazing to, to think about the grace of God, uh, the word that you said, which is give yourself some grace and, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll say that right back to you. Um, we're, parents are hard on it. We're, we're hard on ourselves. We are. And uh, it's good to know you're not the only one who feels that way. You know, like it's, it's, it's hard to be a parent. It's like I said, it's the best thing and it's the hardest thing. Absolutely. So before we sign off, Josh, can you give us just an idea where people can go and find out more information about your tour schedule and, and your music and your ministries? Absolutely. Yeah. So we have, we have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube page where we have lots of fun videos. Um, we're on Instagram. And then we have a website, theafters.com. 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 Well, we've been talking to Josh Havens. He's uh, one of the founding members and lead guitarist, vocalist for the Christian rock band, The Afters. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to share with us. And oh, the audience. thank you guys for having me. You know, it's been fun. Yeah, I I love this podcast because it's it's so needed. I mean, it's what you guys are tapping into is such a needed space. So thank you. Fantastic. God bless you, man. Bless you guys too. Thank you. Bye bye. Wow, that was a great interview, Brad. I really enjoyed listening to um, him talk about how they got to the places they were in the lyrics for that album, what they had all gone through, and mm-hmm. how important community is, and um, just, uh, I, I really, really love this album. Love the music. You know, the, the idea of the anxiety that was sort of the baseline for this, this record, you know, you start to understand like the, 
the lyrics and the title track all pointing uh, the audience to, you know, anxiety, dealing with that. And he said something really interesting. He said, feelings, although very real, are not true. That's right. They so, may be factual, hmm. but they're not true. Yeah. So he, he's saying that you, you can have these incredible feelings of anxiety and fear and overwhelming despair, loneliness, whatever. Um, but we need to remember that the feeling, although valid and very real, it doesn't mean that what those feelings are evoking in us are true about us. We are not alone. We are not abandoned. We are not um, to be ashamed. And so as he was sort of sharing his own personal journey there after the loss of his dad, um, some of the other struggles within the band, um, just the common denominator they've discovered as they tour the world that people everywhere are struggling with anxiety and fear and responding, uh, feeling like they're full of shame and weakness um, as Christians, like we're supposed to be stronger than that, or we're not supposed to struggle with these things. What a powerful message to, uh, to everyone to remember that none of us really feel confident in our own skin. That's exactly right. And uh, for this, this album, as he termed it to be used as a, weapon against those things yeah. to enter into praise and use, um, use these words as weapons against the enemy when he's attacking us in these areas, trying to debilitate us with fear. And uh, just remember that the power is God's and the, the power of the Lord is in each of us. It is. And I, uh, I find myself fascinated by, uh, the, the behind the scenes lives of some of these sort of iconic Christian bands. I mean, the afters is a serious band. Like this is their fifth record. They've won a ton of doves. Uh, I think the stats are they're pushing 150 million streams. I mean, they're, they're a serious band and, and, the, and he's fascinated and excited about going to Cambodia yeah. for an evangelistic crusade with Billy Graham association. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he could care less about any of the things they've accomplished as far as the industry or his career, he's much more interested in the fact that his grandparents introduced him to the idea of going to Billy Graham crusade. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the kingdom business. Though. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, here he is, he's, he's excited about his grandparents. He's excited about the role they played and he's looking at his mom doing the same for his kids. So um, he's our people, you know, he's, he, he gets this and I would encourage all of our listeners to go out and buy this record so they can make more. Absolutely. I loved what he said about, um, just be like Jesus mm -hmm. and we're all trying to figure it out. Yeah. And he's not interested in the little things that divide us. I mean, there were a ton of great quotes in this interview. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I felt like I, if he'd been in the studio instead of through Skype, I would have been like high fiving him between <laughs> some of these because I was like, you know, some of these things need to be said by people as influential as him. You know, I've, if if a pastor or a parent sitting in their neighborhood says it, it's one thing. But when the lead singer of after says it, that's something else. That's right. And so we want to champion that and get that word out. So uh, if you like this show and you've enjoyed listening to Melanie and I, um, you can rate us. You can actually like us on social media like Facebook or Instagram, Instagram or other places like our website. Like uh, Spotify is my favorite and they give you all kinds of ways to rate us. iTunes does as well. So what we're asking is for you to take that extra 10 seconds, uh, mark five stars and maybe even put a comment in about something that you enjoyed today in our show. That's right. And then they can uh, they can actually 
reach out to us through our uh, website as well. If they have seen think something that they may want to talk about, they can reach out to us and let us know what that is. We love hearing from our from our listeners. We do actually. And what one more extending that invitation to you, sometimes that affects uh, who we ask to be on the show for the next season. So if you've got an issue or um, topic of concern, please share that with us and we will do our best to bring it to the podcast itself. It has been an honor for you to join us uh, right now. We don't take it for granted. We appreciate everyone who listens and shares with their friends. And we're trying to create a community of faith here of concerned parents that uh, support each other uh, with grace. So, Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week.